Come on, grab your Bible. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. We thank you for the spirit of God who is here. I step back so that he can use me to articulate the things that you want your people to hear. I thank you for signs and miracles and wonders flowing not only in our lives, but in the service anytime you want. And I thank you, Father, for as we hear the word, we're not just going to be hearers, but we're going to be doers. And I declare this now in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. So last week, everybody say last week. Last week, we started a new series that's entitled Growing in the Spirit. Those of you who are visiting, our theme for this year is Ready, Set, Grow. And the goal of this series that I'm in now is to infuse everyone with next level faith, next level knowledge, next level revelation, next level sensitivity, next level discernment, and next level obedience towards the Spirit of God. Say amen to that. And so the ultimate goal is for us in this series is for us to produce fruit and manifest the abilities of the Spirit so that we can live a balanced life, a productive life, and a blessed and fulfilled life. Because what the world is missing is fulfillment. That's why people do drugs. It's because they're not fulfilled. This is why people cheat in relationships because somewhere in their heart they're not fulfilled. And so... I believe that as we go through this series, the Spirit of God is going to fulfill us in ways that we would not have been fulfilled. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So one of the things that I want to point out is as a result of this series, hopefully you and I will grow in the fruit that the Spirit produces. And it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, they're going to put it on the screen. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. What else? Joy, what else? Peace, what else? Long-suffering. Let's stop right there. Everybody say long-suffering. You know what that means? Suffer long. That's what that means. Long-suffering. What's the next one? Gentleness. Gentleness. Gentle. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody in here. Gentleness. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. What's the next one? Goodness. What else? Faith, meekness, temperance. You can control yourself. Watch this. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Why? If we live in the spirit, watch this church, let us also walk in the spirit. So that tells me we can live in it because we've been born of it. And we can live in it, but not necessarily walk in it. 
So if you're taking notes today, if if you walked in and you didn't get a set of notes, raise your hand again. And if you're watching us, you can just click on the notes that we have on the link. But our title this morning is Understanding the Manifestation of the Spirit. Understanding the Manifestation of the Spirit. And unfortunately, this type of teaching that I'm going to give you today does not happen in lots of churches. Because most people don't, they don't, most people are so seeker sensitive that they don't want this said because they don't want to don't know how to control it but see the best way to help people understand stuff something is to teach them say amen to that and so let me give you a review real quick because last week we shared there are three different perspectives regarding the holy spirit specifically talking about tongues and that's going to be our focus okay our focus is tongues and so there are three perspectives we can have when it comes to the holy spirit and speaking in tongues last week we talked about the traditional perspective and this is where you and i we choose to believe what we've been taught growing up even if what we were taught was wrong This approach leaves no room for us to grow, no room for new information or revelation of the truth. And then the second perspective we talked about last week was a theological perspective. And this is where you and I, we believe in theory what man teaches about the Holy Spirit, even though it may not be confirmed by Scripture. And so anytime you and I believe something, it needs to always have its foundation in God's Word. Say amen to that. Then the other perspective is the perspective of truth. And this is where you and I, we choose to believe and receive what God's word says about the Holy Spirit. So before I jump into our, in our lesson, I want to briefly eradicate what I feel some myths are regarding the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. See, I grew up Presbyterian. This is not something that they taught. Here's what I was thankful for about the, the Presbyterian church is that they did not teach against the Holy Spirit. And I appreciated that because when it was, when I had the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit and speaking in, and speaking tongues, I really didn't have a problem with it because no one gave me bad information about it. So here's myth number one if you're taking notes. Myth number one is this. Speaking in tongues is no longer valid. In other words, we don't have to do that no more. That's stuff that they did back in the early church. Speaking in tongues is not even needed. Well, look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Let's see what Jesus said about this. He said unto them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Watch verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be what, church? Saved. Watch this now. But he that what? Believe it. Everybody say believe it. But he that believe it shall not be damned. Or he that believe it shall not be damned. Watch verse 17. Here's the focus verse. And these signs shall follow them that do what? Okay, so let's just stop right here because some of these signs we're going to read, a lot of people, you don't see them operate in them. Why? Because they don't believe. So you can be an unbeliever, an unbelieving believer. He said these signs are going to follow those who believe. Well, let's see what some of these signs are. They, in my name, they will be able to do what? Cast out devils. How many know devils still are real? Yeah, some of y'all work with them. Cast them out from your cubicle. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil, in Deborah today. She will not disrupt my work day today. They'll cast out devils. Read this part with me. They shall speak with... Okay, who is he talking about? He says, those who believe. 
They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Watch this. I still believe this. They shall lay hands on the what? Sick. And the sick shall what? Listen. People still being healed. It's still possible. So myth number one. That the speaking in tongues is no longer valid. We can see that's that's a myth. Here's myth number two. If God wanted me to speak in tongues, it would just happen or he would just do it. Now, this is a big one because some people be like, well, you know, if God wanted me to speak in tongues, then I would just speak in tongues. Well, first of all, I believe there are a lot of things that God wants us to do that he won't do for us. I mean, how many believe God wants you to wear some clothes? Do you believe that? You you must believe something. You've got something on today, right? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all this morning, God dressed you? He didn't dress you. You dressed yourself. I'm waiting on God to put some clothes on me. You're going to be butt naked till Jesus comes. That's just the truth. The whole truth is nothing but the truth. Let me ask you a question. How many believe that God wants everybody to be saved? Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says this. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. How many men? So how many men does God want to be saved? All men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Let me ask you a question. Do all people get saved? No, because God wants them saved, but it's up to them to do that. So let me just give you a principle as we jump into this to to go to the next myth. Nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing in the kingdom is automatic. It must be believed and it must be acted on by faith. And tongues are the same way. It's based on us believing it and then us acting on it. And you don't want to miss next week's lesson because I'm going to give you the benefits of speaking in tongues. And then the fourth week, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to have a good time. All right, here's myth number three. Speaking in tongues is evil or of the devil. Now, I've heard this one too. How many heard that one? I don't want to do that. I don't know if if it's going to be the devil. No, no, no. Here's not only that's a lie, but tongues is the only language that the devil doesn't understand. I'll point that out on next week. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. It says, this was Jesus talking. If a son shall ask bread... Of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he, your son, were to ask you for some fish, would you give him a serpent? Or if he should ask for an egg, would you offer him a scorpion? He says, if you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Watch this church. How much more shall your heavenly father give what? The Holy Spirit to those that what? Though that asks. In other words, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's all you're going to get. Here's myth number four, which leads us into our lesson this morning. Myth number four is this. Speaking in tongues is a gift that only certain people have. Now, this is a big one. This is why people who don't speak in tongues don't speak in tongues. A lot of them, not all. But a lot of people say, oh, it's a gift. I don't have that gift. And so because I don't have that gift, I can't do it. But speaking in tongues is not a gift. Now look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. Okay, so listen. Now, what I am not saying 
is that the Holy Spirit does not supply gifts because he does. But what I am saying is that the ability to speak in tongues itself is not a gift. It comes from the gift. So they're going to bring a gift out here for me. And they're going to sit it right here on the table. Uh, and we're going to read Acts chapter 2 verse 38. So while they're doing that, I need you all to keep your eyes on me. Okay, because a lot of times y'all going to look at them. Don't worry about them. Because they might fall and trip. So. Why y'all looking at them? Because I'm looking at them. But I told y'all not to look at them. Are y'all listening? Okay, stay focused. All right. So, watch Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Everybody read this with me. And... You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the gift. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is the gift. And then he goes on to say in verse 39, which I love, for the promise, the promise of what? The promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is unto you. Watch this church. And to your children. Watch this church. And to whom, who else? All that are far off. And then if you still don't think that includes you, he says, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is for everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, this is for everybody. So the verse we are about to read now is going to help clarify this point that I'm making. Because the point that I'm making is that the gift is the Holy Spirit not speaking in tongues. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now let me point something out before we read this verse. One of the reasons that I study in the King James Version, I know it has the thou's and the thus's and, and D, and I know we don't talk like that these days, and that's okay. But I study from the King James Version because if you have a King James Bible, when you're reading it, if you pay close attention, you'll notice some of the words are in italics. Well, the words that are in italics are the words that the translators added to try to make the verse make sense. So you got to realize that all of the words are not uh, were translated properly. Some people, they just add them. And sometimes they did a good job in adding those words. And sometimes they didn't even need to add it. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is point out today what some of these added or italics words are. So you can get the context of what we're talking about. So in verse 12 now, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. See the word gifts? In the King James, that word is in italics, which means that they added the word gifts. And if you don't know that, you'll think that everything he's talking about are gifts. And it's not. He says, now concerning spiritual, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give to you to understand that, and notice that word that, if you have a King James Bible, that word that is in italics, but it makes sense there. Wherefore, I give unto you to understand that no man, watch this church, speaking by the Spirit of God, can call Jesus as cursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Watch verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts. That word gifts is good. He's saying there are different gifts but watch this but it's the same what spirit and then verse 5 says 
and there are differences of how they are administrated, but it's the same what? Lord, verse 6, and there are diversities of ways in which it operates, but it is the same God which works all in all. Now watch this now. The next word in verse 7 is what? Come on, church. What is it? But, the word but always means in contrast to what was just said, he said, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Notice he said, he didn't say, but the gifts of the Spirit is given to everyone. He said, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Every man. And why? To profit everybody. So let me say this before I move on. Because some of us have come out of different denominations and different teachings. So let me, let me say this. The manifestation of the Spirit is different from our response to the manifestation of the Spirit. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to explain it. The manifestation of the Spirit is different from our response to the manifestation of the Spirit. Because what some of us have seen growing up, we think that's the Holy Ghost. Okay, all right, let me give you an example. Dancing is a choice that some people make when they feel like dancing. So we'll see Sister, Sister, Sister Janet get happy. And when she got happy, she started dancing. And they said, oh, Sister Janet got the Holy Ghost. No. Sister Janet's response to the Holy Ghost is dancing. But dancing is not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit because I'm going to read to you what those manifestations are. So we can't confuse somebody's response to the Holy Spirit as, is, as if it's a manifestation of the Spirit. No, it's just their decision to sing or dance or listen or do the chicken dance. Have you ever seen them do that? <laughs> Have you ever seen this one? <laughs> like their hands get hot. Listen, that, listen, that, 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 that. don't confuse their response to the Holy Spirit as a manifestation. It's not a manifestation. It's our response to that. Say amen to that. Shouting is a choice. Ain't nothing wrong. You heard Sister Betty shouting, growing ah, and she just shouted. But shouting is a choice. But it's not a manifestation of the Spirit. It's their response to that. Did y'all get that? Okay, so now let's jump into this. Let's go back to verse 7. Verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Look at your neighbor and say, if you save... You got that. So, I'm going to now read what these manifestations are. It says four to one. So, for those of you who think that this is just one person, because it said for the one. Well, what if that one person dies? So, it's not talking about one person, because when you look that word one up, it translates to the word whosoever. In fact, I'm going to prove it to you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19 It says, this was Jesus talking, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments. And the word whosoever is the same word in that verse that says to one, same one, whosoever. So when he was saying, let me keep reading, whosoever or one that therefore breaks one of these least commandments and shall teach men, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever, that's that word one shall do and teach them the same shall be called the greatest in the kingdom. So when he said for whosoever or for one is given, he's not talking about one person. He's saying whosoever. For verse 8, let's go back to that. It says for to one or whosoever is given by the Spirit 
The what? Word of wisdom. Now I'm going to break these down and explain them to you. The word of wisdom to another. Read it with me. The word of what? The word of knowledge by the what? Same spirit to another. Faith by the what? Same spirit to another. The gifts. Now that's gifts. That's a good word. Gifts of healing by the what? Same spirit to another. The working of miracles to another or to whosoever. What else? Prophecy to whosoever discerning of spirits to whosoever divers. And that word divers is in italics in the King James. So it didn't have to put that in there. It just could have said to another kinds of tongues to another or to whosoever. Watch this interpretation of tongues. But read this with me. But all these work. That one and the self-same spirit, watch this, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now let me break this down because some people read that and go, well, it's up to God, not me. No, that's not what he's saying when he says severally as he will. Why? Because Matthew 26, 41 uses the same word as he will. It says, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit is indeed what? willing but the flesh is weak so the spirit of god is always willing it's up to us to let him use us anytime he gets ready say amen to that so uh i have some boxes and i'm gonna need nine quick volunteers to come on the stage nine come on nine come on Somebody count. All right, y'all come line right on up here. Right nine. Y'all count? Y'all count? Okay. All right, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I need one more. All right, nine. Okay, give my volunteers a big hand clap. Now, let me explain this. Because most people believed that speaking in tongues is the gift. But we've discovered what's the gift. Holy Spirit is the gift. So when you and I get born again of Holy Spirit, he comes on the inside of us. Once we have him, he brings with him manifestations. One of those manifestations is called word of wisdom. So I'm going to give him that. Another one is called, read it, word of knowledge. We're going to give this to him. The next one is called faith. That's what we're going to give it to him. The next one, watch this now. We read them. It's what? Gifts of healing. We're going to put it, give him that. What's the next one? Miracles. We're going to give him that. Then we have, watch this now. What is it? Prophecy. We're going to give this to you. And then we have what? I'm going to explain this because, see, some of y'all, it ain't discerning. You nosy. But we'll explain that in a minute. All right, here we go. All right, all right, discerning the spirits. Then we have the next one. Diverse kinds of what? Tongues. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give this to, to him over here. And then what's our last one? Interpretation of tongues. Now, this is the average person's perspective when it comes to these different manifestations. Well, so-and-so knows how to prophesy. I can't do that. I saw somebody lay hands on somebody and they got healed. I can't do that. 
Oh, I don't have the gift of the word of knowledge, so I can't do that. Or speaking in tongues, which is what we're talking about. I don't have the gift for that. But what's the gift, church? So when I get him, I get them. Everybody say, when I get him, I get them. Everybody say, when I get him, I get them. Now, here's the problem. Most people don't know that. So you can't operate in what you don't know. And watch this now, because the application at the end, one of my application points is, some of y'all, and I'm going to ask everybody to listen to this message every day this week, because whatever you hear, watch this, how does faith come? comes by hearing. So if I hear this, watch this now, it will produce faith in me to operate in these. The reason why you're not operating in them is you don't have faith for it because you ain't heard enough to hear it. So this is the average person's perspective. But this is really not what it looks like. So watch this now. So thank you, sir. You can exit. Thank you, sir. You can exit. Thank you, ma'am. You can exit. Thank you, sir. 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 Give my volunteers a big hand. Here is the proper scriptural, biblical perspective. Pastor John, come up here. When I get him, I get, come on church. When I get him, I get, when I get him. Okay, let me help y'all. Oh, sorry. Edit that, all right? Let's do it again. When I get him, I get, when I get him, I get, okay, so now, watch this now. Stand right here. When I turn, face still. When, when, when we get now born again, this is what it looks like. That's what it looked like right there. So, put that down. Thank you very much. Y'all give Pastor John a good, big hand clap. So now let's briefly go through these. Okay, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm doing this for a reason. Because sometimes you have to update teaching. Because as our church have grown, there are a lot of people who don't understand this. And let me tell you something. Speaking in tongues is one of the gateways to doing a whole lot of things. Okay, so here's the first one. We're going to go back by the scripture. The first one he listed. Let me see what verse it is. It is the first verse, which is verse eight. It said the word of wisdom. Everybody say the word of wisdom. And what is that? That is the divine ability to receive instructions on what to do and how to do it from God's supernatural perspective. It's divine ability to receive instructions on what to do and how to do it from God's perspective. And the word wisdom there means supreme intelligence as such that belongs to God. We're not talking about man's wisdom here. We're talking about God's wisdom. And see, Jesus functioned in this type of wisdom. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54, it says, And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and they said, whence this man hath this man this wisdom. That's the same word wisdom. And these mighty works. So notice here that Jesus functioned in this type of wisdom. 
And this happened, has happened to me so many different times in ministry. But I remember one of the first ones that was very obvious to me is that when we were looking for land, when I was looking for land, because uh, I don't know, it was probably around year five, somewhere up in there, God made it plain to me, I don't want you to buy a building, I want you to build one. So that means if you're going to build a building, you got to have some what? Land. So I'll never forget, I hired this broker to help us find some land. And for some reason, we just could not find land. We could not connect. He just wasn't, it wasn't clicking. And finally, when I was praying one day, the Lord told me to fire him. Okay, let me say it nicely. The Lord told me to change brokers. That's the same as firing, but that's okay. Y'all can't receive that. So he told me to change brokers, but in my Donald Trump mindset, you're fired. The moment I got rid of him, because see, sometimes you cannot mix business with, with, with God's business. Jesus said, listen, I got to be about my father's business. You can't mess that up. Listen, I do business from my head. I do ministry from my heart. But when it comes to God's things, I'm going to do it his way. So God told me to change brokers. And you can see today that we bought land from the new broker that we, where we got. Amen. All right, so we have the word of wisdom. Here's the second one, word of knowledge. Everybody say word of knowledge. This is the divine ability, watch this church, to know things that only God would know. And see, when you operate in these manifestations, this will help you even be a blessing to people. And see, here's the thing. When you learn how to do this, and it's just becoming sensitive, it's just, it's just opening yourself up to hear from God because it will, listen, years ago, uh, you know, I was in corporate America for a while and, uh, one of my, one of my jobs was I was a sales rep. So I was a sales rep for a company called Airborne Express, which is now DHL. At that time, my, 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 uh, competition was, you know, FedEx and UPS. And so, uh, I got hired on as a new sales rep and, uh, I had to go to training, but I had to be out in the field for two weeks before I went to training because training was at a certain time. So uh, I decided, and it made sense to just go visit all of my current customers. So I just, they, they printed out all my current customers and I just started calling and visiting them. And the big ones, I would visit them. The smaller ones, I would just call them and if they needed something, I would take care of them. I didn't know nothing. I'm just introducing myself. So I never forget one of my largest customers. I mean, they ship thousands of packages a month, thousands. I went to see them and, and, and my boss went with me because that's how big the account was. And they were not happy with us because we were shipping their packages in the wrong place. How I many know that's bad? That's bad. So they had packages going all over the place and it was all wrong. And so I'll never forget, we were sitting in a meeting discussing the issue. And these people were mad. They were getting ready to drop us. And I'm like, shoot, I don't need no drop customer. I'm a new sales rep. I need them. So right there, because I didn't know what they was talking about anyway. Because I haven't been trained. So I'm not going to waste my time in a meeting. So I just started speaking in tongues in my breath in the meeting. They didn't know I was doing it. And so you can do that because he's on the inside. So I'm on the inside, I'm a and I'm smiling, they don't know what I'm doing. But while I'm sitting there speaking in tongues, guess what? God downloads me the problem and the solution. 
I don't even know because I ain't been trained. So he tells me what the problem is right there in my seat. I'm not going to blurt it out because I don't want to embarrass the Lord and myself. So on the way home, I mean to the office, my boss and I, we rode together. So on the way to the office, I said, Gordon, I said, I believe I know what the problem is. He said, what is it? I said, the zip code that we have in the system under them is wrong. So the origin of all the packages are not coming in properly because their zip code's wrong. He's like, well, how do you know that? Oh my God, here we go. The Holy Ghost told me. The, ho- the Holy who? Well, I think I used the word spirit on him, Holy Spirit. He said, well, how'd you figure that out? I said, well, I, I was speaking in tongues. So then he's, he was like, well, no, no, I didn't tell him the speaking in tongues part yet. So we get to the office. What do you think the first thing he did when he checked? First thing he did, he sat down at his desk, he looked it up, and I'll be doggone, the zip code was wrong. So now he wants to know how I knew that. Oh, now, see, this is where I'm getting ready to bless him. He says, how'd you know that? I said, I was speaking in tongues in the meeting, and the Spirit told me. He said, speaking in tongues, what is that? I said, that's a language that God gives everybody that's a believer. He was a believer. He said, well, how do I do that? I said, come to my car, I'll show you. I led him to speaking in tongues that day. His life got changed. Right? Everybody say a word of knowledge. That was a word of knowledge that God gave me. And Jesus flowed in a word of knowledge. I'm going to give you an example. In Mark chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And when he, Jesus, they came to Jerusalem unto Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples. He said to them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you enter there, Watch what he tells them to do. He says, you're going to find a coat tied up wherein a man has never sat. I want you to loose him and bring him. And if any man say to you, why are you doing this? Say to them, the Lord has need of him and they will let him, they will, they will send him here. And they went their way. They found a coat tied by the door outside of a place where there are two, two ways met. And they loosed him. And a certain of them that stood there said to them, what are you doing? Loosing the coat. And they said unto him, even as Jesus commanded. And they let them go. And they brought the coat to Jesus. And they cast their garments on him. My question to you is, how would Jesus know that? It had not happened yet. You say, well, he could have saw the coat on the way uh, when they was walking by. Well, how would he know what somebody would say? Everybody say, that's a word of knowledge. See, some of you, it's been coming up in you. But you have known what it was. And you know, do you know this will bless people? You don't know what people have been praying to God about. And if God brings you a word of knowledge for that person, that's just a confirmation that will boost their faith that God heard them pray because he told you to tell them something. Say amen to that. Here's a third one, faith. Now see, sometimes people think faith is a supernatural gifting. Nope. This word faith, it means a strong conviction of assurance and belief. 
This is not a special kind of faith. This is the faith that every believer got installed when you got born again. Romans 12, 3 says this. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, watch this church, according as God has dealt or given out to who? Every man, read it with me, the measure of faith. We all started with the same amount. If yours is still at that amount, it's because you haven't grew it. But that measure of faith is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it says that we walk by faith and we're to live by faith. Well, if we're going to live by something, God has to make sure we have the ability to do that. Say amen to that. Here's number four, the gifts of healing. This is the divine ability that causes cure to different types of illnesses. The word gifts there mean endowment. A quality or ability possessed or inherited by someone. In other words, God allows us to be able to manifest gifts of healing. But see, I think he wants to use a lot of us or all of us, but it's up to us to let him do that. So I remember when I first got a hold of this, it was years ago. I used to go to a prison every Monday and minister to prisoners. And so uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm in the Bible study. And uh, I asked, hey, is there anybody in here in pain? And one of the prisoners was like, yeah, I, I got a toothache. How many know God cares about your toothache? Yeah. So uh, somebody, anybody here got a toothache? Anybody in here? Toothache? Uh, I'm just checking. I don't know. So anyway, this guy had a toothache. So I prayed for him. Gifts of what? Healing. I prayed for him. The Bible says you lay hands on the sick, what's going to happen? They recover. I mean, as soon as I lay hand on him and I finish praying, boom, that pain went away. Now, I use wisdom. I'm like, okay, dude, listen. Tell the, the warden or whoever you report to, make sure you go to the dentist. Because obviously something's wrong. Okay? So go to the dentist. So I come back the next week and he comes to the Bible and says, I still ain't got no pain. I said, like, did you go to the dentist? No. I said, okay. That's according to his faith. Maybe God put a, maybe he got a feeling supernaturally. I don't know. You say, I don't know if that can happen. That's why it ain't going to happen to you. Everybody say gifts of healing. Here's the next one. Working of miracles. The divine ability or force or power to manifest miracles where in the natural it would be impossible. And the word miracles is the word dunamis, which means a force of power. And see, some of y'all are like, well, what if I pray for somebody and it doesn't work? See, here's what you have to understand. God just waits on us to obey and do our part. Because, see, there's only one time in the Bible you will see that God moved first, and that was during creation. After that... We must move first and then he moves after that. He said, lay hands on the sick and what's going to happen? They recover. That's what happened with Melinda Miller. When she was laying in that bed in the hospital in Mansfield and she had COVID and she was on that respirator and Dennis called me and I went in there and I told Dennis, I said, Dennis, listen, the Bible says, call for the elders of the church. You did that. The Bible says, let them lay hands on her. I'm going to do that. And it says, anoint them with all. I'm going to do that. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. I said, I can do all that, but I can't raise her up. Only God can do that. Well, how many of you see God did his part because she's alive today, right? So don't be worrying about, well, 
what if I do it and it don't work? That's not up to us. It's up to that person's faith. And it's also, watch this now, it's up to us trusting what God will say. Listen, if you're going to trust him to save you and not go to hell, why can't you trust him to just respond to your prayer? You know what? I'm going to pray for your kidney right here. Mm-hmm. Come on. I, I've been seeing your posts on Instagram. And I, I believe God can do a miracle. Who made the kidneys from the beginning? Who made them? God made them, right? So why can't he give her another one? Come on over here. Come on over here. Yes. Let me just put some oil on here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Let me have a little bit more. Let me do it like this here. All right. All right. All right. Let me get some more. Ah. Okay. You're going you're gonna to look like chicken with some oil on you, but you're going to be all right. Raise your hands up for me. Father, she has done what she could do. Your word says faith without works is dead. She has worked her faith. But God, sometimes it's not what we do. It's now up to us to trust you to do it. So I declare in the name of Jesus for a supernatural. Whether if you got to give her a new kidney or father repair fully the ones she has. I declare in Jesus' name, she will no longer have problems. And God, when she goes back to the doctor, the doctor will wonder what in the world has happened. I command a reversal. I command her kidneys and every part of her being to be restored back to its original state. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hand right there on the kidney that has been giving problems. And Father, we declare today... For healing to take place because it's your children's bread. Thank you that she will be a witness to the world. That you are a healing God. In Jesus mighty name. Somebody say amen. Come on give the Lord a hand clap. Give me a hook. All right. Be seated. The next one is prophecy. Everybody say prophecy. This is the divine ability to proclaim a future event or activity before it takes place. The next one is discerning of spirits. Everybody say discerning of spirits. That's the divine ability to judge and or estimate various spirits. In fact, the word discerning means judicial estimation. So let me just say this. This is not suspicion. This is discernment. Uh, I'll say this story quickly. It's 1027. Uh, I had a young lady who came up to greet me. And uh, she came to greet me. And uh, she was telling me how uh, I had mentioned suicide in the message. And she had said, you know, Pastor, I believe you were talking to me. She says, I, I'm not going to do it. But she says, I'm, I'm actually being tormented with the thought of to commit suicide. And so... While she was talking, God gives me a word of knowledge. And so I asked her, he told me to ask her a question. So I asked her the question. I said, are you involved or have been involved in like astrology and, and, and all? Uh, well, actually, he told me to use the word sorcery, which is unusual. I said, have you been involved in sorcery? This is how she answered my question. She rolled her sleeves up and everything from astrology to tarot cards, everything was just all tattooed on her arm. 
I said, have you denounced that? She said, I have. And God says, she's denounced it, but she hasn't been freed from it yet. Everybody say, that's deliverance. See, the Bible said Jesus came to bring deliverance or set the captives free. So I got my oil. I said, can I pray for you? She said, yeah. And she put her hands up. And as soon as I touched her, I just touched her. She went, she went from just quiet to screaming. She hit the ground. I mean, they, they was behind her. She fell down and she was getting delivered right there. I mean, she was screaming and crying. She went from just being quiet, screaming and crying. And so I got down there in her ear and I had her to denounce that thing, right? She got up, completely delivered. She came back the next week to greet me again. And there are several people who saw her and two of them was on my staff. And so at the staff meeting, I said, hey, did you all see that young lady? She had changed so much visually, they didn't even recognize her. Here's the next one. We're almost done here. Uh, uh, Kinds of tongues. This is the divine ability to speak in various languages that have been naturally, listen church, unacquired. Now, You have to understand that these tongues are different types of tongues. That's why I say it's kinds of tongues. And so there are different kinds of tongues. You have angelic tongues. You have tongues of men. You have, so let me just give you a couple of verses. Matthew 13, 47, Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. That word, uh, uh, kind of tongues is that word. So you can see he's talking about different kinds. First Corinthians 13, 1 says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. And this is why on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, they, 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 when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, some of the, some of their speaking was in other languages that other people understood. And the Bible says they heard them praising God. So it's not just men languages. These are diverse kinds of languages. Say amen to that. And I'll show you next week that there is a tongue that only God understands. Here's the last one, the interpretation of tongues. And this is the divine ability to provide an explanation to what has been spoken in tongue. An explanation, church, is different from a translation. Translation is pretty much word for word. You know how somebody's speaking in Spanish and I'm in a Spanish country and so he's saying what I'm saying? That's pretty much translation. It's pretty much word for word while an explanation is just the gist or the summary of what was said. Are you all with me? So here's the application as we close. Here's application. Here's number one. Adjust your mind to think biblically when it comes to the operation and the manifestation of the Spirit. Adjust your thinking. Adjust it. It's it's for everybody. Everybody say it's for everybody. Here's number two. Listen to this message at least once per day because faith will come to operate in the manifestations. Here's number three. Exercise your faith by setting aside some time to seek and speak. I said that last week. Seek means spend some time in a quiet place and begin to ask God to fill you. If you don't speak in tongues, here's number, uh, speak, take at least 24 minutes a day. I don't know how many of you all participated, but I did it this week, 24 minutes a day to listen, to get filled and stay filled. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 says, and be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be what filled with the spirit. And see, some of y'all say, well, I heard that. I, I see the pastor, he taught this 10 years ago and I was, I was a member 10 years ago. So I know what he said today. Well, my question is, are you operating in any of this? Cause it ain't just what you know, it's what you do. Did you learn something today? Give the Lord a hand clap.
So with every head bowed, if you're watching me, every eye closed, I want you to bow your heads right there at your home or wherever you're watching. Here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven?